Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the DC United Kingdom podcast and I'm your host, James Graham. Wow. Okay, that's the first time I've done that and I am loving it. I hope you guys enjoyed that too um, because that is the new theme song for this podcast and it will be around forevermore. So, what have we got on today's show? We will be going through some previous matches. There's been a bit to catch up seeing as I wasn't around last week. Yes, my head is back to normal pretty much. Um, just a little insight for you. I did get a bit of head injury in Six Aside Soccer. Um, someone just had a headbutt me. Yeah, can you believe that? Absolutely shocking. Anyway, um, it's almost there. Um, just a little bit sore around the eye socket, but you know, I can live with that for the moment. Um, I am taking another week off from playing, so I will be back next week playing. Um, anyway, so we've got a few games to catch up on. We've got to obviously talk about the next one. We've got lots of questions, and I've also got um, a guest host on this week, so we're going to head over to Skype as usual to do this, and let's uh, let's speak to our guest host. So, we are now over on Skype, and I have my guest host on today. Um, guest host, introduce yourself. Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, it's Ken from DCU underscore soccer on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to a good show. Thank you for coming on. Um, you also do a podcast yourself, don't you? Yeah, I do the DCU soccer podcast. You can search for it in uh, iTunes or Spotify or whatever, um, or just click a link from my Twitter. But yeah, James is often on that one. So if you, if you need more James, you can <laughs> come on over. Who doesn't need more James? No, well, well, I could, I could live, I could live with less of me, to be honest. Yeah, I think for the rare, the rare few people who need more James, I think <laughs> that's where they oh, can go. Thanks. Cheers for that. Um, <laughs> so it's been a while since we've done one. Um, we've had three games in total, um, and as we've just recently spoke, we've had two bad ones and one good one, which is which is nice to have a good one finally. Um, so we're kind of going to go through a couple of the bad ones and then kind of focus on the big one on that Montreal game. And then I think we'll go through the next game against Portland Timbers and then uh, we'll answer some questions at the end, if that's all right. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, um, I had a, night, a good few questions sent in, um, not uh, at the weekend, but the weekend before, just before I did, well, just after I'd done my head in, but there we go. Um so we had that game against the uh, Red Bulls. Um, so we've got to go through that one first. A uh, bit of a um, an unfortunate result. Um, I feel slightly undeserved towards the Red Bulls, seeing as um, they had that major decision go for them. As well, the ref just seemed to be a bit biased in my eyes, anyway. But there we go. Um, ended up two one, and Ola Kamara getting his. Uh, 
getting his first goal for the club with an absolute peach, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a great goal. And I think um, it was really interesting because we had so many shots, but like none of them went on target, which was extremely frustrating. And uh, But yeah, I mean, that's like a silver lining. I mean, Ola Kamara opening up uh, um, his DC United account and uh, with, a, with a really, really nice goal. It was absolutely something else. So if you've not seen it, um, do head over onto um, either YouTube or the MLS app and you can actually catch up with that goal. But it was just a lovely sort of down the left. Mora passes it across to Ola Kamaru, kind of turns and then he just has like acres of space and acres of time. And he just curls around, around Rob Lezen goal and it just settles into the corner. And it was for me what kind of made it better was the fact that it didn't actually bounce out. It just kind of just settled right in the corner of that net. And you just know that's when you've hit it nicely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I think it was just like really nice to, to see him get a goal. I mean, especially since, you know, Rooney had, had gotten a red card earlier uh, in the game, which was pretty disappointing, but um, kind of gave some confidence in him and uh, our ability to, to score a little bit, at least without without Rooney on the field. No, absolutely. Um, what did you make of the uh, Rooney decision in the end? Uh, I mean, I mean, in terms of it being the correct decision or, uh, yeah, I think it was, I think it was definitely a red card and um, it turns out he actually got an extra game for it. Uh, it was very frustrating. You know, it's definitely, definitely more frustrating considering the fact that he is, you know, going back and it kind of, kind of felt like, you know, like what the hell, like here on the field for 20 minutes and, and you do something like that, uh, just kind of definitely frustrating and, and and it's so it was so early and, and kind of leaving the team out to dry kind of honestly so yeah it's was, it was very frustrating but you know hopefully he can uh you know come back and 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 do a little bit better than that <laughs> yeah i mean it's it has felt like he has had his um like he's already checked out in a way i want to say because of the last couple of games he's played and the game um against Vancouver I don't I think it didn't play very well at all in that one and then this game and it's just like it just feels like he has checked out and obviously what happened after the Vancouver game as well was um made and made the headlines of here quite a bit which is frustrating because you know the sun is the sun and they love to uh dig the dish the dirt out on Rooney but it's He's not helping himself in any way, shape, or form with the way he's been playing and then his antics off the pitch as well. Yeah, I mean, the frustrating thing about that stuff is, like, you know, if... if I mean, it's very easy for me to sit here and say a lot of this because I'm not him and I haven't been the target of, uh, like, <laughs> high-scale high media smearing. But, you know, it's 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 very easy... It's, it's very easy for, for someone to to do the smearing when, when you're putting yourself in these kind of positions that maybe or maybe not he did anything wrong. I don't really know. And I don't think that matters too, too terribly much, but like it, it's just, it doesn't, it's not a good look and, and kind of being in that position and, and being with, you know, other DC players and, and whatever was going on is just not necessarily like <laughs> maybe the smartest move considering, uh, yeah, people are going to be looking out for him and stuff. Yeah, it's um, it's as as we've used that word, the F word, the frustrating part of the uh, 
off this side of uh, soccer. It's just the media side of things. I feel like they need to tone it down a bit. Um, and the way it's kind of broadcast over here is it's very targeted towards the, the kind of just the selling of the papers rather than being what's actual fact and what is uh, false as well. So it's, yeah, it's just frustrating and it is what it is though. Um, Rooney just needs to kind of not put himself in that position for this kind of thing to happen. He knows it happens and over here the media is massively like this and um, always has been and always will be um it's happened for as long as i can remember um with the whole wives and girlfriends the wags tradition when england go out and play in tournaments and things and it's just like who's wearing this what are they doing what's happened this evening it's like no, all i care about is just what happens on the pitch yeah definitely i mean i think you you bring up some good points but i think at the end of the day like I mean, especially um, a lot of the the, the British um, tabloids and all those things, like, it's probably never going to change. I mean, considering people still buy the stuff, so people still click the links, you know, it's just kind of, like, uh, like frustrating. And then, you know, Rooney did post that thing on his Twitter, uh, which was basically like, you know, you're affecting my life, my family, please stop, <laughs> enough's enough, basically, which, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And... Yeah, it's as you said, it, the British tabloids, they've always been like this. They always will be like this. It's just one of those um, things that happen over here. Um, back to the, back to the uh, the soccer though. Um, the second half kind of oh, it, was, it was the end of the first half, wasn't it? When um, the rebels were reduced to ten men as well, um, which I don't know what how you saw it, but over here the comment the commentary um, didn't realise. He had already been booked, and I didn't realise he had been booked. Um, was it worth the sending off? Um, probably. I don't know. I don't know because it's very. I think it could go either way, right? Like, was it stone cold uh, second second yellow? I don't think so, but I can definitely see the arguments. Um, but considering like how bad of a game this referee had, it's hard for me to give him the benefit of the doubt in in, yeah. in any decisions he made really. So, yeah, I don't I don't really know where I come down on it to be honest. It's it's kind of one of those weird uh, things. Yeah, that's I'm in total agreement with you on that one. Um, if he hadn't been booked, he probably would have he probably would have picked up a yellow card, I would imagine. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it could be a sending off and for the two bookings. So it was, but you're right, the ref had an absolute awful game. And we need to briefly talk about their winning goal um, and that penalty decision. Um, now, I've seen some people on Twitter that said that they, who were at the game, who heard a little clip um, on the ankle. Now, watching it, I'm still not sure that actually happened. Um, Ken, what did you make of it? Did you see it? Did you think it was a penalty? Break it down. Yeah, so I mean, I totally don't think this was a penalty. I, I think that there was um, maybe some contact, very incidental. Uh, I think the hard part here, honestly, is that once it's been called on the field, it takes, you know, uh, I guess, quote unquote, clear and obvious or whatever, whatever they want to do to, to uh, like reverse it. So I think... 
once that decision is made on the field, then like it becomes harder to to actually like fix that um, unless it's like, well, there's obviously no contact made and he obviously didn't trip him, which I don't think you can say that because it's not clear whether he did or not. And so you kind of have to default to like the, the call on the field, unfortunately. But I mean, it really goes back to, to honestly how bad of a game this ref had in real time. Like there was there was no real reason um, to call that on the field, I don't think. Granted, I wasn't there and I wasn't in that position, but like I can't imagine that, <laughs> you know, that being called. Because, I mean, the guy also trips like, you know, a second and a half later very dramatically um and you know i don't know just not good no not at all and it's always a telltale sign when the player takes a couple of steps and then falls to the ground it's kind of like did did that actually happen and i know um watching the interview after the game ben was really livid about this decision and he just said why why did the ref put himself into that position where he's made the decision and it and it's wrong um why didn't he just let it play out which it would it went out of play straight away that would have bought him some time to actually go ahead and review the review the call um or no call as it would have been because if he hadn't made the call and he had tripped him that's a clear and obvious error whilst he's made the decision it's and as you said it's not clear and obvious as to whether he tripped him or not or whatever that kind of just only gives you one outcome rather than being a possible outcome of a penalty or no penalty. Yeah, I think it goes back to like a similar, I mean, it's a little bit different, obviously, but like a similar idea of like why the, why they're keeping the offside flags down um, if they're not 100% sure. Like you can let the play go and see what happens and then you can always, you know, go back and, and see, uh, right? So hmm. I mean, I don't necessarily know. Yeah, I, I think I agree 100% with what you said. Like, it's a terrible position for him to put himself in unless he was, like, super convinced that uh, TT had actually, like, tried to trip him and tripped him and whatever. But, yeah. Yeah, it's it's an annoying decision. And, again, the game's now over. Um, we could talk it until the cows come home. Um, but that... We've kind of we agree that it was a bit of a bad choice um, on the decision, um, and unfortunately it was a game-changing decision, as in the game finished 2-1, um, which for the the design of the game and the way the players actually plays and how much effort they put into it, I thought they deserved to get something out of the game. Maybe it's not win it, um, because when you look at the stats on paper. It's very even um, across both sides of um, all the statistics, but we should have at least got a point out of this, and I think that is potentially a um, result that we might root when it comes to the end. Um, but it is what it is, and we've got to move on, um, which leads us on to the next game, unfortunately, against Philadelphia Union. Um a very very poor game and um it kind of will go through what we need to go through on this one because um this game was just awful from the get-go wasn't it Cal? yeah i mean you know we we can yeah i, mean, I don't even know where to start <laughs> because uh because yeah i mean we conceded pretty early again 
um, within the first uh, five minutes, I think, and then mm-hmm. again within the first 20 minutes, and then uh, another goal before the first half was over. But yeah, I mean, we were just <laughs> terrible. This was terrible. And like, if you just look at the stats, you don't necessarily see that because um, <clears throat> we did we had decent possession and and we had a decent you know pack, pass accuracy and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. It was just just shambolic, honestly. I don't know what the hell happened, and I don't know whether there was a team talk at the beginning of the game or what had happened, but I don't know. We had a great game against LA Galaxy. We did. We put great effort in against New York Red Bulls, and then and then this had happened, and it was just like, great, we're back to where we were. We've kind of taken potentially one step forward and put ten steps backwards. So um, the first half was absolutely abysmal the second half seems like that we played better but for me it was just a case of um philly union just taking the foot off the gas and just allowing us just to run with the ball and do what we want but i mean granted lucho costa got himself a goal which was a little bit fluky i want to say do you agree with that one yeah i mean that was great i guess but like yeah i mean okay (laughs) right like yeah yeah and then, and then yeah, we as you said on on paper it doesn't look that bad, but yeah, when you when you come across three 0 down at half time, yeah, it's always the case that the second half you're always going to take your foot off the gas and not go out and attack as much because you've got that three goal cushion. Um, it's not warranted. You don't want to have to put in the effort because you might get injured or tie yourself out for the next game. Um. To be honest, there's not really much else I really want to say about this match. Is there anything you want to say about it before we move on to uh, the Montreal game? Yeah, I mean, uh, the only thing like you brought up, we had played, we had beaten LA Galaxy. Like that was a decent game, but I think a lot of this stuff comes down to like, I mean, even when we get results, it's like we're not playing 100% in a sustainable way. Like <clears throat> we're not getting enough shots on target. Um, and when, and when you know we, we win a game, it's you know we. <laughs> We completed one out of our three shots on target in, into the back of the net, which like that's great, but like definitely not sustainable. And and you can see this if you look at the expected goals and expected goals against. Like a lot of these games were on the wrong side of that, and we kind of are lucky to win them. Um, the LA Galaxy match included. So it it really comes down to like uh, I think anyway, it comes down to like playing in a sustainable way, giving up less expected goals against, giving up less shots probably. And, uh, yeah, so, and I think that kind of is why we we had that okay game and then kind of fell again. It's because we were never really playing that well, uh, you know, statistically and, and sustainably, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's There's got to be some change in whether it's the formation or the style of play. I mean, granted, coming to this end of the season, it's not really a time to be chopping and changing how you play um as much as how badly it's gone um this mid-season um but that's what the off-season's for and i'm surprised that there was a comment made by ben um like after the philly game i believe it was and he said we're still trying to find who our best group is and i was just in my head i was thinking what the actual and i'm not going to say the next word but you know you probably guess what it is and and it's just like, well, how are we 
towards the end of the season, we've got five, six games left, and you're still saying we're trying to find our best group. It's like for me, that was a case of our best group should have been found out before the season had begun. Granted, we've had injuries, but that to me, that that smells of like I don't know what I'm doing. What what do you reckon, Ken? Um, I mean, I don't know because like. I don't know about before the season because you, you, things can change and like you, you make adjustments to the lineup and and especially since we had a, a a transfer window and everything I don't know but like I guess the the uncertainty is is concerning like we 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 really should know we should have some idea of who who we want to start right but yeah um yeah so I think it's kind of a I don't know like I can see both both sides of it like we are super kind of like screwed right now uh, because we can't win games. Right. But, um, but at the, but at the other side, like the uncertainty of like, uh, the, the coaches should know if anyone should know about how, who, like how these players are playing, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, where they can play, uh, you know, everything. It should be like, yeah, the coaches should know that, but yeah, it's just not great if they, if they feel like they don't. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so after that performance, um, there was a team meeting, wasn't there, where um, concerns were aired, um, I want to say. Um, did you? What was the coverage like over in the States, if there was any, about that meeting? Because obviously over here, there's very little coverage, and I'm obviously having to hunt out on Twitter and things like that. Yeah, I didn't really actually hear that much uh, at all. Actually, I see. I think I saw like one or two tweets about it, and I think we all talked about it a little bit. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, I don't know because apparently, like, this is obviously not the first one of these meetings they've had, which is another concerning thing, right? Like, if, if you just keep having like, you know, heated and then clear the air meetings, it's not like something's very wrong. But yeah, I'm not really sure. Like, I'm not really sure like who's mad at who, right? Um, <laughs> So it's kind of just like, okay, they were all upset and now they're fine, I guess. I don't know. It looked that way anyway, didn't it? Um, Especially in this game against Montreal. So before the game, it was announced that Rooney had the extra game suspension. So it was a case of uh, Kamara was starting up top again. And one big change um, to the lineup, uh, If for those people who haven't seen the game or know about what's happened... Ken, what was that big change? Yeah, so they, uh, or Ben, I guess, decided to start Russell Knauss uh, coming back from injury, not in the defensive midfield, but in uh, the right-back role, which I think everyone found particularly interesting, um, considering Leo Hara is, um, has been pretty decent there, uh, especially going forward, um, and and seems to be healthy. So everyone was, like, you know, that's weird. Is the formation wrong on the social media post or uh, do we not know something or something like that? So, yeah, that was the the big change. Yeah. Um, and it kind of paid off, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I thought he did really well. I, I did see that he had played right back before at a previous club. Um, I think back when he was in Europe. Uh, so I think it wasn't something that he was totally foreign to. Um, but I think... I don't think because it paid off it necessarily makes it a great decision uh, beforehand. I don't I don't know if it was or not, but it definitely was strange to start someone coming back 
of a punctured lung or whatever, I forget what he had, uh, in a different position, and one that we've seen uh, them push up really high and have to, you know, run a lot. So, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. I think he did really well. He stepped up and did it, and he crushed it. So, uh, all's well that ends well. Absolutely. And for me, looking back on it now, um, I think it was more of a case um, Harry is more of an attacking fullback where his defensive side of play isn't quite as good as Russell Knauss's, Um, which for me, I think when we've probably looked at the analysis about the games and where our weak points have been, it has been crosses a lot of the time. And possibly the Russell Knauss is the fact that he's very good defensively. That's probably why he was picked at that position rather than being in defensive midfield because Felipe has been doing really well. He's His career in the black and red has been fantastic so far. Great start from him. And Junior Moreno, well, he's Junior Moreno. He usually plays a good game. So taking one of those guys out was possibly a bit of a tricky uh, decision to make. So Canauza right back, it it definitely did work. Um, yeah, it, I agree. I agree with that. I think like, I think the the point about Leo Hara being more of an attacking uh, fullback is definitely a major point because like, yeah, we've definitely seen him have some defensive la- defensive lapses and like one on one defending is definitely not his strong s- suit. Um, I also wonder if this kind of means that he will not be back next season. Uh, we've typically seen Olsen kind of you know not play players as much if he knows that they're not going to come back or if we're not going to you know extend their contract or. Uh, exercise their purchase option so i think maybe the writing's on the wall for for hara um yeah yeah and if that is the case that'll be a shame because he's he's had some great games and he's been decent for us but yeah i mean i have noticed that um we've seen that with lucho costa as well recently where he's now been relegated to the bench um and It'd be interesting to see if Rooney makes his way back into the lineup after Kamara decided to uh, back himself a brace in this game, which was rather fantastic to see. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Kamara's doing well. I mean, what is this his third goal or something like that? So, uh, total, I mean, so far. So, yeah, I think he's doing really well. I kind of think we all expected that. I think, um, you know, he has a proven uh, goal-scoring record in MLS. Um, and he seems really hungry. So it was really nice to see him get those. Uh, and I also thought having him on the field let us press in a different way that uh, a little bit more intensity um, and a little bit higher, I think, I would say, than we do see when Rooney's the, the striker. So um, I think having him in there impacted a couple of different things. Yeah, absolutely. So the first goal that we um, let's go, because I do want to talk about the goals that we actually got because, you know, what well, we won. And it's nice to talk about us scoring for once. Um, so our first goal ended up with a Titi Rodriguez um, winning the free kick, um, which was about 20, 25 yards, uh, about 25 yards out, really. And Junior Moreno decided to um, take the free kick from what I remember. Clips off the wall. Ends up with uh, Kamara just one-on-one with a keeper, and he just slots it home into the bottom right-hand corner. It it kind of worked, and there was someone, I think Knauss was in front of the wall, if I remember rightly. Um, 
Yeah, he was on his knees or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was proposing to one of the uh, players on the wall, from what I saw. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was very interesting. I thought. Uh, but yeah, kind of like yeah, kind of like uh, squeaked through there, and then Kamara was able to get on to the end of it. So that was exciting, even though it was really weird. Yeah. One, to be honest with the fact that Canals is on his knees, it must have been one from the training ground. So it worked. Uh, we were 1 0 up after 20 minutes. And then just a few minutes later, um, Ariola scored with uh, a classic route one, which is the kind of goal I love to see. Just Hamid pumping it up. Um, now, was it a free kick to Montreal and should have been called off this goal? Uh, are you talking about uh, Kamara fouling? Piet, is that what you're talking about? I am talking about that. What do you? Definitely not a foul. I, yeah. I mean, I I didn't I haven't rewatched uh, that specifically, but they played replays, and I was like, I don't even know what they're talking about, honestly. So maybe there was something that I didn't see, but I don't really see much of anything. Um, and honestly, if we're gonna call that a free kick, most of the things that Piet did in the whole game should have been free kicks. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I just I thought I'd bring that up just because it was mentioned in in the commentary and then the highlights package after the game. So I thought, you know what, let's bring it up. Let's see if you noticed it. Um, and I'm totally agree. It was just a, you know, two players gone for the ball. He was just outmuscled by Kamara. Um, and then it kind of fell through to Ariola, who had two great touches. And then again, one-on-one with the keeper, just puts it into the bottom corner, which was a very nicely taken goal. Because I've seen a few times Ariola kind of, spans those kind of chances and he's missed a few of those so it was nice yeah. for him to score that one yeah 100 percent. like he he's uh he's acknowledged this too like he's had some uh like finishing issues i think if we look at it like uh you know objectively he's always been in the like a really good position to score goals and uh, it's kind of easy to get disappointed in in him not finishing but uh i think you know just the mere fact that he's almost always the one to, to be taking those chances is is a good sign though so yeah but he finished this one off and i think that that was really good for him too even like mentally so yeah yeah absolutely it was um again a very well worked goal and then the third goal kamara's second of the night another one off the uh, training ground i want to say because it was a flea pay corner just literally drilled across, um, and I believe it was Brillant, who headed it back across the six-yard box. And Kamara, being the poacher that he is, is just there in the right place at the right time and nods at the other side of the keeper to make it 3-0 after 36 minutes, I think it was. 32 minutes, sorry. Um, how did you find that goal? Were you pleased as I was with the way that was worked? Yeah, that's really that was really good. I think I, we've seen a lot of the uh, a lot of set pieces from from the yeah the corners or like anywhere uh, on those sides. A lot of the times that they'll have one of their bigger guys like headed back. We've seen that a, a lot this season actually. Um, and so and they've been successful sometimes, but uh, even having that yeah like that second uh, quote unquote service <laughs> not really but service back in like can kind of confuse defenders and, and it can result in someone being like not marked or someone having an opportunity. And, and that's kind of what happened here. Kamara had the opportunity and yeah, we, we, uh, we did it. We got another goal, which we were up three zero and it was just like, Oh my God, this is, this is great. Yeah. And it was kind of, for me, I was just like, 
is this how Philly Union were feeling when they were playing us? It was just like, what yeah. is going on? Um, but it, it, there were no further goals. But to be honest, the the rest of the game was still as entertaining, I feel, because there was plenty of shots on um, at but for both ends. And granted, we had um, only three in the second half, um, and Montreal like quite a lot. And it was kind of it was kind of a mirror image of that uh, Union game, the previous match, where we just took our foot off the gas a little bit. Um, I mean, I feel we we should have scored two another two goals in the second half, um, where Kamara should have got his hat trick, and I think Ariola was so close to turning the cross in from Mora um, towards the end of the second half. But how did you find the second half? Um, it, did you feel like it was kind of the same as me, where it was a mirror image of the Union game? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I definitely enjoyed the first half more, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I think we, we definitely played more like, you know, we sat back a lot. We, we kind of conceded possession and kind of absorbed the pressure, which fine. We're up 3-0. That's fine. I mean, it's kind of... Uh, not annoying, but like of of the four shots on target, we we got three of them in, which is great. But uh, you know, I don't think we we can rely on a 75% you know sh- shot to goal ratio. So I think um, it kind of goes back to what I was saying. I think this was a great result, and I think we did pretty well. But pl- playing a little bit more sustainably, I think would do us really well. Um, but granted, again, we were up 3-0, so it doesn't. I can understand, obviously to sit back and like just absorb so whatever but um at the end we only had 34 percent possession for the whole game which seems pretty low uh but i mean we won so it doesn't really matter that much yeah and i think uh, the fact that it we were on the road as well we're always we generally would have less possession than the fact that we were three nil up at half time i think the possession side of things is for me to be kind of expected and granted, um, the rest of the stats were they had 24 shots on total, and we had made 40 clearances, which is a lot. That's a lot of pressure to soak up. And, you know, well, we kept a clean sheet. That That's another bonus point uh, in my eyes, the fact that Hamid kept yet another clean sheet um, to add to his tally. I think that that's his record now in a, in a single season. Oh, I didn't see that. Might be, yeah. He's he's killing it, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. One last thing I do want to point out, um, and it's a plus point for the referees, believe it or not. That's blasphemy. <laughs> I know, right? I, it doesn't happen, but praise where praise is due. Um, Aruti um, taking a dive in the penalty box, and the referee called it, got it right, and then booked him, which is totally to the letter of the law booking for a simulation and it was called and i just for me that was one of the best decisions i've actually seen in mls for a long time yeah i think in general uh simulation doesn't get called enough i mean i think that's pretty clear to i think a lot of people who watch right i mean not even just mls but like I mean, even last World Cup, I thought that was, like, ridiculous, a lot of that mm. stuff. But, um, yeah, I thought that was good. I think, uh, I mean, he's he's one of the better referees that we have. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, he, I think he had a good game, honestly. There wasn't too terribly much to, to 
to worry about or like nothing crazy happened. So not a terribly hard match to referee either. But yeah, he got that call right. And Arudi got a yellow card for simulation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we ended up winning that one three nil. Things look a little bit rosier for us right now, especially with the other results that happened as well um, across the Eastern Conference, where I think I believe uh, Red Bulls got beat as well, didn't they? Uh, which was nice to see, and it just it was kind of nice to have some things go our way for once. Um, the fact that we won, God, yeah, the Red Bulls got beat by Colorado Rapids, didn't they? Yeah, I saw that. I went two zero. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was fantastic for us. Um, New England Revolution and Toronto uh, tied one each. Atlanta got beat, um, which at the top is kind of opens that up a little bit. And Orlando got got beat, which is kind of looking at the other end of the uh, playoff push. So all in all, that was a good weekend for DC. And I think uh, the Revolution and Toronto tied, uh, which... Uh, means yeah none of them got too close to to us on that end either so yeah i mean we uh yeah getting the win was the most important thing but definitely having help uh from colorado especially i think um which who would have saw that coming but yeah. they do have a new coach uh so i think you know i think we we see a lot of teams kind of go on like like a little bit of a small run they perform a little bit better right after they get a new coach in so uh yeah that was nice good yeah. timing thanks colorado yes thank you colorado and thank you tim howard for keeping that clean sheet oh yeah <laughs> good old tim howard I, I do i do like tim howard he's a bit of a legend i feel oh yeah for sure um other things i just want to touch on in just general mls um fc cincinnati um their season's pretty much finished now after being eliminated from the playoff run um already which is you know surprising uh we're not surprising um they've had a terrible season um we i was expecting better from them after seeing what they did have done in uh, the usl um are you on the same page ken do you think they should have done better this season i think uh well yeah i think they should have done better i think they had the opportunity to do better and honestly i think that if they had just kept everything the same, they would have done better than what they ended up doing, right? Like, I think that they could have kept all those USL guys, they could have played a similar way, and still done better than how they did with uh, what what they've ended up now, uh, honestly. Um, like, so, I mean, I'm not saying that they would have won anything, but but they probably would have done a lot better, not conceded, what is it, for, not conceded, but uh, their goal differential wouldn't be 39 or 40 or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think ever since they started building their roster, there was some really big red flags uh, in terms of how much they were spending and, and who they were, were acquiring. Uh, and they kind of built a team that seemed more like, you know, a lot of people talk about like a set piece team. They have some really tall guys, some some guys who make differences on set pieces, but they never really utilize that that much. They never really... Seemed except for like a couple of games where like they've actually optimized for that necessarily and yeah I mean it just it's a bad team without any leadership and without uh, honestly competent um, general management. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty bad when you think compared to our season where 
we're feeling a bit down about how our, our season's gone and we've won 11 games in total. Then you compare it to Cincinnati, who've won less than half of that. So they've only won five games all season. And you think, yeah, it could be a lot worse, couldn't it? Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, the I think the only difference is that, you know, no one was talking about FC Cincinnati as an MLS Cup contender versus us, which we were like the MLS Cup contender, right? Like we were like yeah. a lot of people's pick to be in the Cup uh, uh, final, if not actually win it. So it's a little bit different, but yeah, it could always be worse. We, we should be relatively thankful, I guess. Yeah, and, and to be honest, we could still win the MLS Cup. I know it feels a long way off, but we're still in okay, the hunt. James, okay, James, <laughs> okay. You say hey, so. I'm optimistic. I've got to be. Something's got to get me through these early mornings. But uh, in the Western Conference, Vancouver are also eliminated as well. I mean, they. I can't really say too much because obviously we got beat by them, but they've also been terrible as well. Yeah, they're absolute. Yeah, I don't. Honestly, I'm still mad about that game too. <laughs> that one, mm. I, that one, I actually was more upset about than any of the other losses. Like, I, I was more upset about that one than the than the Red Bulls one or the Philly one. Um, yeah. yeah. The, Vancouver is terrible. Ah, uh, and it's it was just that that game was a game where we just didn't turn up at all, did we? And it was just like, and I stayed up right until what was it, half five in the morning. I'm thinking, why the hell have I done this? Oh um, my god, that's so late. Jeez. I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I looked outside and I was and I could see I could see daylight, and I'd been up for what was it i've been awake for 22 hours by the time i got to bed you're on some bender or something Rita. Really. <laughs> really yeah some, there. <laughs> some non-alcoholic bender yeah <laughs> flair and hell having, having that without the without the drunkenness it's kind of like oh, that's that was a bit disappointing yeah, um, yeah i know what you mean but yeah it's um you've also got in the in the top ends of the eastern conference uh philly union and new york city fc have confirmed their playoff uh places and to me, that's not a surprise, especially um, NYCFC. They've kind of been a bit of a um, unspoken team, really. They've kind of come out of nowhere. They've kind of just hidden away, and then they just crept up and up and up. And now they keep going the way they are. They're going to win the Eastern Conference quite easily, um, getting 1.85 points a game, which is better than anyone else in that division. Um, and obviously, LAFC have confirmed their place they confirmed it ages ago and there's no surprise there is the no they're a really 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 good team so yeah they ended up actually losing uh lafc lost last night to minnesota uh, which was kind of a surprise bella didn't oh. play but yeah they lost 2-0 which was kind of a shocker yeah i missed that one flipping neck well done minnesota yeah they, they're actually playing really well too now like they, they they've hit a stride they have the new stadium um there must be i mean this sounds maybe obvious or insane i don't know but there must be something about having a new stadium and stuff that like really fires you up because i think that was a really big part of our run last year as well so yeah Yeah, absolutely i mean obviously rooney coming in obviously played a massive part in that but that stadium is it is a really good ground to be at and i've been to many stadiums across the uk um Obviously, been to my home home team, Millsborough. I've been to St James's Park of Newcastle. I've been to the old Wembley. I've been to the new Wembley. I've been to Anfields, Goodison Park. 
and just to name a few um but the atmosphere and how do you feel that actually is it's nothing like anything else i've ever experienced and the way you can you can create an electric atmosphere very easily in that ground and it's it does come across and i think that is a massive part of how we played last season yeah definitely i mean it it gets it gets really really loud in there i think it's par- partially because of how like steep it is um and and yeah partially because like yeah it's pretty packed um but yeah i think having it be that loud and 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 having a new stadium where people are coming out so you get extra noise because of that you know so yeah i mean yeah. there must be something about it absolutely so um our next game is against portland timbers uh they've had their stadium renovated as well so and they've kind of come on quite a bit as well so thoughts on on this game um how do you think it's gonna end up yeah so this is this is gonna be interesting i think there's a lot of variables on our side right like you know acosta and rooney for for one big mm-hmm. uh thing i think um portland uh are a good team like a really good team i think that's pretty obvious uh they, they went to the mls cup last year <clears throat> um they have done pretty well this year. They have a lot of key pieces. I mean, Diego Chara is a, a really, really good defensive midfielder, um, even though he's, you know, a bit chippy, <laughs> kind of almost <laughs> villain level, I would say. <laughs> but I think we need to watch out for that because um, we need to basically plan for him shutting someone out of the game at, at least, right? So mm. being strategic about who we start uh in what positions could could lead to um, openings for other people. So if we have, for example, Kamara and Rooney on the field, it'll be very interesting to see, you know, what happens, right? Because leaving either of them open or or with space could be very dangerous. And even if you introduce uh, Acosta in there, even with uh, TT and Ariola, like that's a pretty like loaded attack right <laughs> especially if things are on fire uh, i'm not saying that they would do that or if that would be a good idea but it kind of like how olsen decides to like make those overloads and, and really figure that out because uh i think if you review their film you could you could do some damage there yeah absolutely it's um i that would be one hell of a attack i have to admit um but looking at the portland attack you've got the likes of um oh, what's his name brian fernandez who yeah, is <laughs> he is absolutely killing it this season um brillant and burnbaum who i would imagine will be the starting center backs as they have done pretty much all season they're gonna have their work cut out on um, trying to keep him quiet let's put it that way Along, and uh, there's also Sebastian Blanco as well, who's also been killing it. Um, so they've got one hell of an attack. I, I, they've also got a familiar face in goal as well, Steve Clark. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, they're they're starting goalkeeper Antonella or whatever. Uh, I think he's hurt. So yeah, Steve Clark has been uh, in in the goal for them and doing well, by the way. I think. Yeah, yeah, he's he's done all right. Um, I just I think it, that's going to be a kind of a weak place for them. So if we can 
do our 75% goals to shots ratio. I think we'll be all right on that one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, he's doing he's doing well for for a backup. I would say like obviously having he's not at the not at the same level as a Bill Hamid or a Sean Johnson or, or St- Stephen Fry, but um, yeah, definitely um, uh, a spot to attack. Um, but yeah. Yeah, just looking at sort of their they've at home they're currently six three two so they've they've obviously done really well at home um, so that's obviously going to be something that we need to be wary about and their recent form I'm just having a quick look on that um, they've won three out of their last five games so they're on decent form so it's going to be a tricky one I mean granted we've only we've won two out of the last five so it's not too dissimilar um it's it's going to be a close game i think um i wouldn't be disappointed with a point let's put it that way yeah i mean um so we have uh four games left and we really need to get i don't know nine points probably um out of them yeah. i i wouldn't be surprised with a point um i would be I'd be really happy with three, like really, really happy. Um, yeah. Playing away at Portland is one of the harder locations to play at, uh, so I'm not, I'm not too like optimistic about it, considering you know our our form right now. But overall, if you look at the whole season, we haven't been that terrible on the on the road, uh, especially if you go back to some of the really early games, um, and obviously the last one. Um, so. Mm-hmm. It's it's something where I could see us winning this, especially if we're going to, you know, stick to what we've been doing, really, really try to, you know, really win this out. And I think having guys like, you know, Areola last game and, and also Canals, honestly, like giving it their absolute everything and yeah. really is a difference when, when you have when the motivation is not at 80 percent, but it's at 110 percent and it makes a huge difference yeah and the fact that we've got this nice break in between allows everyone to get back into the swing of things rest up recuperate um i don't think we've actually got many players away on international duty have we i think we've only got junior moreno and segura the two that are away i think we have uh yeah i don't know if segura got caught up i didn't i didn't see that but i i hope he did because I think he's been playing really well, but um, I don't know if Mora got caught up, did, or I, I know Pines got called up for the U23 camp. Um, Areola declined, declined a uh, call up. Oh, he and, declined a call up. Yes, because of a family thing, I think he said. Oh, really? But I mean, also honestly, like he's been playing almost full time for I, I, over a year now, right? Like yeah. he's been in every international camp. He's uh, you know, played in the Gold Cup, played in, uh, you know, all, all of the DC games that he could, right? So yeah, it might it might be nice to just give him a break. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm I'm kind of happy in a way. Um, I just hope that doesn't hurt his future international uh, chances, though. Um, declining a call up, but that's good for DC. Um, in that case, so I... not too. Nope, I don't right. know. I don't. I don't think it's gonna hurt his thing. I think him and 
I think him especially has a really good relationship with the coaching staff. And I think what we'll see is him getting called up for the CONCACAF Nations League. Um, so, yeah, if we don't see that, then maybe there's something going on. But, I mean, even then, I think his performances at the club level and at the international level have been, like, beyond, I think, expectations this year. So I'm really high on Areola as a as a U.S. international. Yeah, and he, he, he deserves everything that will come his way because he has been... He's been fantastic, and he seems to be quite down-to-earth as well, and he's very humble, he's very realistic about the way he plays, and it's good to see, and I think that's, that can only be a good thing. Um, so hopefully everything that he deserves will come his way. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm kind of worried about him getting you know, sold uh, overseas uh, at this point, honestly, because I think a lot of teams, you know, in in the championship uh, I've heard and some other leagues have, have had some really big interest in him. And I think we'll see what happens. Yeah, he's definitely not going to Leeds now. That would be really cool. And that's something <laughs> I have thought about. So, <laughs> yeah, no, just 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 no. We, I don't like Leeds. I don't know whether you know that. No, I, I'm very well aware. <laughs> Um, so let's kind of end of the kind of the preview, I want to say. Um, do you fancy going through some questions that have been sent in? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So the first question is from Sam Nelson, um, who on Twitter you can find him at Uncle underscore Sam X I I I, and that's three eyes there. Um, and he asks, Olsen on the hot seat or Olsen out? Or Olsen gets another pass because who knows how to fix this problem. What do you reckon, Ken? Um, that's a confusingly worded question <laughs> to I, me. But yeah, in essence, uh, that's basically saying: Do we want to keep Olsen? Do we want to get rid of him? Or is he just going to keep his job because there's not really anyone else who could fix what's happening right now? Um, I think. He needs to. I think we need to move on. I think. I don't even think winning the MLS Cup is enough at this point, to be quite honest. Um, and maybe if we, if if that happens, which is extremely unlikely, I think we need to at least make some changes in the coaching and technical staff. I think we've had a lot of the same people around there, like Chad Aston, uh, Aston, um, and so I think at the bare minimum that needs to be. We need to bring in help for Olsen if, if we end up do keeping him because we've miraculously won a cup. Um, or, yeah, I think we need to kind of gut gut the program a little bit, honestly, unfortunately, because I have a lot of respect for, for Ben Olsen and I know how much he cares. And it is very emotional, I think, for a lot of us to talk about it and because we have memories of him playing and, you know, he cares so much. But realistically, like... Maybe none of this is his fault. Maybe. I don't know. But it, that doesn't really matter, right? Because the responsibility lies kind of on the coach for the results. And if we can't get results, I think I think he would agree, too. Like, something's got to change. So, yeah, I mean, if, if we can't win, if we can't make the playoffs with Wayne Rooney, then there's there's a, there's a couple interesting issues there. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's, it is frustrating. Um, and as you said, as you touched on about, it's a difficult conversation for any DC United fan about getting rid of Ben Olsen. He is just someone 
who lives and breathes the black and red and it is a tricky one because I feel like everyone deserves a second chance but he's had obviously many many second chances I mean he's been there for so long now um he's basically part of the furniture um and I if we're going to keep I totally agree if we're going to keep him we need to change something in in the back room um because he needs help um and it kind of reminds me of a time when we had um i think it was brian robson as uh, the millersborough manager and we were struggling massively and though it was a similar sort of situation we were heading towards relegation no one knew how to steer the boat and we brought in terry venables um absolute legend of the game and he steered the ship um he was brought in as not quite an assistant manager but as a joint manager and we avoided relegation and it was fantastic so for me i think we just need someone to come in and actually just give him a helping hand and just show him that there's multiple ways to play um tactically and how to actually get the best out of the roster that he's been given and uh, acquired and built um so that sounds to me and it comes across that i'm sitting in the middle of the fence and that's because i am and that's where i'm going to stay yeah i think that's a reasonable uh thought i mean i think i think i think we agree that something needs to change in in the technical staff i'm not saying that we should fire ben Olsen tomorrow i don't think we should do that um i think we need to make some hard decisions and if that means you know Olsen moves to a different uh, you know, part of the club, because I think a part of his deal also is like that he would still be involved with the club in some way because it's such a big part of his life and stuff like that. So even if he's not head coach, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's not part of, you know, whatever, uh, whatever they figure out. Right. So yeah. it's not like we're saying let's ban Ben Olsen from Audi Field and never let him, you know, wear the, the jerseys again or anything like that. It's just Maybe we need some a new coaching direction or or some extreme help for him in that role. Yeah, uh, that is a crack away from it. So totally agree on that. Um, next question. Uh, it is come from oh, hell. Come on, computer, get up with me. It's from Marco, um, and he is a DC United Kingdom uh, member as well. Uh, so on Twitter, if you want to go and follow him, it's ML Volio. So V O L I O and he has asked um now bear in mind this is before the montreal game what can we do with our defense so ken what can we do with our defense <laughs> what does that mean um <laughs> i think that's probably the fact that we just come off an absolute hiding to philadelphia union where right that first half was just an absolute shambles um it's kind of a tricky one because obviously we've had an extra game since then and we defended absolutely brilliantly um yeah um i think if i can quickly answer this one i think it's just a case of the defense needs reminding of what their job is um and that's to keep the ball out um because obviously hamid can only save so many shots and for players to play in the right position um obviously brilliant and burnbound for that second goal were totally at fault in my eyes um in the union game um that's how I see it is just they just need to be drilled in and just 
each game. I know it sounds like you're just holding the hands and guiding them along, but sometimes people need that. So they just need reminding of what their particular role and their responsibilities are. Yeah, I think a, a tad more discipline would help. But I mean, I think a lot of a lot of this stuff can also be traced back to the defensive midfield. Like a defensive midfield is typically really, really good. And I, I think they're great players. I mean, we've had people come in and out. Right. So it's mm. it's not always the same cast of characters, but making sure that they're in position and that they help they help the defenders stay in position, right? Because, like, if the defensive midfield is not doing what they're supposed to do, the defenders might have to be pulled out. Then that creates chaos sometimes, right? So I think a lot of that, a lot of this can be addressed in the midfield and, and kind of making sure that when someone has the ball, there's pressure, right? Don't give people, you know, <laughs> two seconds or more in, in the box, right? Like, yeah. get to the ball. And I think that's something that we did actually really well in the impact game. I think... Canals did a really good job of this, especially like he made a couple blocks, uh, one really, really good one that I think probably saved a goal. Um, mm. Just getting pressure there, being there, not just like like ball watching, but like walking, like a little more urgency, right? Like put pressure to the ball and yeah. the defensive midfield has to do that too. No, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And you see it's weird because our attackers are actually really good at pressing the ball and it's not the same at the back. And I feel like we should be doing that no matter where the ball is on the pitch, we should be pressing and putting pressure on that, on the players and, and actually just winning the ball back sooner rather than later. And in the, in a couple of games, yes, we, we were walking and it was very one dimensional and it was just an absolute horror show to watch, but, um yeah in the impact game we kind of made a, a little bit of an amends the fact that we did keep keep clean sheet let's re- remember that um i just think yeah everyone needs to be reminded of their roles whether it's before the game during the game after the game it it all starts from right at the very back so hamid needs to make sure his defense is where they need to be the defence needs to make sure the defensive midfielders are where they need to be in there doing that and then back over again um, in that particular phase of play. Um, that's how I see it anyway. Yeah, reasonable. Yeah. So our final question is brought to us by Robin Soma Dudley. Um, and on Twitter is literally that Robin Soma Dudley. Uh, so Robin is R-O-B-I-N-S-O-M-A-D-U-D-L-E-Y. And he asks, do we think that Rooney will be leaving sooner rather than later? And obviously that boils down to that recent uh, media coverage and uh, the apparent uh, ultimatum of Colleen wanting uh, Wayne back in the UK after his apparent um, thing that happened in Vancouver. Um, What do you reckon, Ken? I think it's a pretty easy answer, isn't it, to this one? He's not going to go back, I don't think. I mean, I, I... I don't see like, I mean, no, I don't think so. I think he's already back, right? So, so I don't know. <laughs> um, no, he's not gonna go back. I mean, he a lot of stuff going on, but like, no, I mean, it's 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 not. You very 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 rarely see someone uh, on a like an athlete on a professional contract just breach the contract, right? It's very very rare. Um, and so I, I don't think he's going anywhere. No. 
No, I'm totally in agreement with that. Um, I'd be amazed if something actually happened. Um, it would it would set a precedent um, for the world of sport if that was to happen, I think, um, because his wife says so. Um, I mean, that would be a pretty bad reason to go back um, and terminate your contract. Um, granted, DC could grant him some leave of absence, but... Um, I don't think that would ever happen either. Um, he's a professional footballer. He needs to be a professional about it. And we've also got this game coming up this week. Um, the friendly game against uh, Club Puebla, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and he's um, and it's been said that he's going to get minutes in that game. So yeah, he's back in the US now. And I see him seeing out the rest of the season. Um, and then once the close season is done, um, then he'll be uh, off to Derby. Um, and that will be that. Um, obviously, he can't play until January. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i really excited to see Wayne Rooney and Loudoun United take on a legal <laughs> MX team, I guess. Because um, that seems like what probably it'll be. I tell you what, I'll be... I'll be. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few first teams in that game because we've got this international break, haven't we? So it'll just be nice just to yeah, keep things yeah. ticking over. So, and I'll tell you what, I'm surprised there's not another friendly match being organised um, for next week either, just to keep that um, momentum going. But hey ho, they haven't. It's nice for them to get a nice break, and we shall see how it fall said the rest of the season so um coming to the end so thank you ken for joining me yet again on the show it's been a pleasure um just if you wouldn't mind just letting people know where they can find you yeah absolutely uh i'm again i'm dcu underscore soccer on twitter um from there you can find all my other stuff my instagram is the same name and i have a website that you can find in the um the twitter description at dcusoccer.com. Um, I have a podcast that you can find from all those things. So, yeah, check me out, uh, follow, whatever. Um, get annoyed by what I say, I guess. I don't know if that's that's your MO. But, yeah, thank you again for having me on. No, it's absolutely, absolutely fine. So, um, so yeah, so that is the end of the guest host section. And we will head over back to the main podcast. So yes, thank you to Ken for taking the time out of his Labor Day. Um, it is Labor Day on the day of recording this particular show. And speaking with us, it was fantastic to gather his thoughts on the previous games and how we think how the Portland game is going to go. So it is come to the end of the show. Thank you for listening. I just want to say that you can become a DC United Kingdom supporters group member if you just head over to dcunitedkingdom.com forward slash membership. Fill in the form on there. It only takes two minutes. You can follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. That is at DC United Kingdom. You can follow on Facebook and Instagram. That is DC United Kingdom FC. And I hope to see you around. So... Don't forget, fill that form in, become a member, join the private chat group over on Twitter. 
There is lots of things going on over there. Um, it's great to speak to everyone. There's people from all over the world. Um, it is an ever-growing community. It's fantastic to see, and I hope we can build on this. So what we're going to do for this one, um, seeing as it is the first time we've had this music on, I'm going to play the full theme song um, to end the show. So once again, thank you for listening, and Vamos United. <laughs>